Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Toxin and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. That's right. If you hear that that joy in my voice. Peter, what do you think that joy is? Joy isn't that Vicar isn't here yet. It's, I mean, there's probably like a few part bits, right? There's the joy the vicar's not here yet. And Berg is here. Oh, yes. Yes. Look at that. Look at the Back smile again. on my face. Look at the smile the on Berg's son. face. Indeed. So, know, I, the, so the vicar app just doesn't update like the other ones, huh? Right. Well, I, you know what? He has been complaining about his internet service at the house ever since he got here. And so maybe something is updating on his computer at home that he's waiting on or something like that. Could be. <laughs> yeah, who knows? You know, we had we had a moment uh, after we recorded the last episode where uh, um, we took a moment because Vicar doesn't know. Obviously, you can't he can't keep up with the entire clerical heirs catalog. Right. right. So so we played him. Uh, I think, which was one of the funniest moments of our uh, podcast, and that is the self-care episode. Go back and listen to it. Is is when we I, I had the top twelve where we ranked the twelve numbers. Oh yes, that? yeah, I do remember that <laughs> with, with sound effects. Yeah, yeah, we might have been a little light on content that day. <laughs> now we're so different. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So update me on what's going on in the Midwest. I have been out of the loop here. Well, it's uh we're supposed to get freezing rain tonight. <laughs> we're supposed to get snow here, so Oh you have a oh that blizzard is coming yeah. your way. Is that gonna hit you pretty good? I don't know. I'm going to bring my computer home though, just in case, because I am recording here at the school, so Um I'm trying to think what's all going out. You know the, the the beauty about being in the West Midwest is things don't change that much, do they? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think of the time from when I got to Latimer to the time that I left. Um, yeah, there were a lot of things that changed. Um, the grocery store got t- torn down, and oh, you know, banks oh. were changed, and you know. Okay, so you know that that old uh, grain tower in Hampton, that old big concrete thing. Yeah. That's torn down. Really? And you know what they're going to put there? What? A Dollar Tree. <laughs> oh, that is different than Dollar General. Right, across the street. Wow. It's going to be a war. Yeah. 99 cent war. It, it, it's going to be like uh, um, like in Anchorman, where the uh, newscasters have these rumbles. So the what's sta- going to happen? The, the, uh, the help from both stores will just come out and they'll be fighting in the streets. Right. And, and then, and then all know. of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden wise buys will come out in the scene and in like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just war in the streets at that point. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Does Dollar Tree still sell stuff for a dollar? Didn't they change? I think it's like a dollar 25. Yeah. yeah. Inflation. Julie, Julie hates <laughs> going to the Dollar Tree with me. First of all, because with my ADHD, I buy all sorts of stuff. I don't need just because it's, fun in the moment but also because i whenever (laughs) does that surprise you because also 
uh, whenever we get to the sales counter, I always ask for a price check. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that some things never change. So here, how are, Peter, do you, you haven't heard where, where uh, Vicar is, where 19.0 is? Why are you asking me? Can you text Vicar them? Is? Should I text can them? We, can, we, can we take a step back and think about what you just asked me? Well, I'm I'm so so Peter, you're saying you're not your vicar's keeper? I, I'm saying I'm not a vicarate supervisor is what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. I'll just I just sent a group text here, vicar question mark. All right. So if he's got his phone, he was seeing Berg, I'm sure. It's All right. This is what he's not here. So and Berg is finally here. So do you know what we need to do, Peter? We sh- we, we should we should go through the song right now without him. That sounds great. Oh, see, I don't know because, like, yeah, he won't be able to defend himself, which is which that is great. But ideal. also, <laughs> but also, he he doesn't have to listen to it. Oh no, no, he will. I, I that's the power of the supervisor. Yeah, but we, we won't have a recording of his reaction as he listens to it. Let's I give think... him a little more time. Should we? Should we talk about the texts? Sure. Coming sure. up. So uh, here, Bullhig is not used to reading the text. Uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> where's my Vicar app? I'm lost. What do I do? Um. Well, while you while you find that, uh, what are uh, Berg? Are you sipping on anything? You sit here at the school, so you probably not got anything alcoholic, huh? Nope, nope, just some water. So I'm just about to. I'm slowly working my way. the The listener ha- knows, and I maybe Berg knew already. I've got my Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea. Yeah, yeah, I think we've had that before. Yes. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very kind of good. a uh, a sea salty sort of thing. I've been mentioning it about every week or two because this is the only time I drink it is is on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's the one that's actually aged on a boat. So yeah, it's it goes all around in the different climate and the motion of the ocean of the ship. Yeah, that kind of gets it all going. So. uh yeah, and I'm going to make a plug for uh, uh, a Wyoming distiller here. He is a member of Trinity, and he makes a spirit called Arcola. And if you can get that, it'd be awesome. Um, how, how would you describe it? When's our it? care package coming, Berg? Uh, well, we I probably need to make another pilgrimage to the Midwest at some point. So I need to uh, spread the good news of Arcola. They're just coming out with a new um, pecan Ooh. one. So, yeah, that's it's pretty good. Is it like a whiskey? Unfortunately, Bullhagen can't have nuts. Yeah. Can, Bell, can Bullhagen have anything? At this point, I've, I'm not sure. I've been, I've been eating a lot of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you're taking, uh, you're taking Advent a little seriously here, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Advent eggs. That's the thing, right? I, I want to say yes. Diet, Bullhagen, are, are we doing steak for Christmas? Are we doing steak again? Yeah, we'll do steak. We'll do steak. Yeah, let's do steak. Berg, you have any uh, traditional Christmas meals that you do? No, but uh, this year we're actually going to do a five-course meal with my family, and uh, each family is going to take one of the courses. What's yours? Um, we are. We have been told that we're doing dessert. Because everyone loves creme brulee, so. Oh, um, there you go. 
I thought it was going to be like they didn't trust you with anything important. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true too. So, <laughs> so let, let, why don't we? Why don't we? Before we get the text, because the we'll talk about the text for the top twelve list. All right. Okay. Uh, um, I would like to maybe to enter into this discussion. Um, Hannah, uh, we we answered a question from Hannah about why is she uncomfortable using the word ministry. What is it about that use that that word that bothers her? And basically, okay. um, I answered the fact that uh, because there's a lot of confusion and it's often misused and misunderstood. I think because uh, when you talk about ministry. You are talking about administering. So who's administering? What are they administering? To whom are they administering? We talk about uh, uh, the Lutheran Church. I, I, we really, the confessions use the word predigamt, right? The preaching office. But uh, when we think about it, often as pastors, we think of we as pastors are administering what? The word and sacrament to their congregation. And that's how often it is meant. But at the same time, it is used for a whole host of different things, right? Like food ministry, parking lot ministry, all those things which are not actual ministry in that sense of the word. It might be a ministry in this sense of the word, they're administering food to people who are hungry. But that's not really, when we talk about the ministry in the church, the same thing. And so uh, we had uh, a listener who responded to this, and uh, uh, his, his name is Michael uh, from Springfield, Illinois. I appreciated Bullhagen's answer to Hannah about her discomfort with the use of the term ministry. But in addition to the what-they-are-administering approach, might I suggest the part of the discomfort is one of taxonomy, how things are ordered. In any organization, certain words are used to describe things that are of equal importance and to distinguish things that are subordinate. A company might have several different boards assigned to administer different tasks, and any given board might divide its tasks among several commissions, and those commissions might further divide tasks among committees. To refer to a committee as a board makes it seem as though the committee is of equal standing and prominence as the board. If the school board has a fundraising commission that is organizing a bake sale and has a cupcake committee to handle one small portion of their task, if those mothers start to call themselves the cupcake board, they have been baking cupcakes equal to selecting school curriculum and district employment policy. Likewise, when we start calling the food pantry a ministry within a congregation, we raise it to the importance and essence of the administration of the word and sacrament. Uh, while a food pantry is an important expression of the mercy and compassion which grow out of being a recipient of God's grace, it is not a mark of the church as administration of as is administration of as the word of I can't read as the administration of word and sacrament is. To use the same title of ministry implies that they are equal which may be another reason why Hannah is uncomfortable with that term. Along similar lines, we'll stop there. So, so uh, any comments on that, Berg? No. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. 
you're not going to riff on that or are you or are, are you just uh just nice to be at a place where you have to don't have to worry about any of this stuff <laughs> i uh i'm glad i'm in my safe space <laughs> again so you know <laughs> all right well I, I guess so i haven't heard from vicar have you let's see i haven't here. i haven't I seen thought... anything Maybe he just right. assumed it was seven or seven or seven thirty. He says he's here. What? Does he not know where the studio is? <laughs> what kind of update was this? Yeah. So for the listener, <laughs> Bullhagen just texted Vicar and said, "Are you coming, Vicar?" And he responded with, "I am here." LOL. <laughs> By the way, we are live right now. <laughs> you good, Vicar? I'm good. Oh, there he is. <laughs> were you sleeping? <laughs> no, I thought you were in your office, and so I was waiting for you to come out of your office, and it turned out you were over here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Have yes. you been waiting in the office since 6.30? Yeah, I've been. That's okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading and waiting. <laughs> For nothing. Okay. Uh, I believe we pr- this was preached not too long ago of uh, of uh, waiting and watching, right? <laughs> Behold, I stand at the door and knocketh. Well, if that had happened, I would have been here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just in time, Vicar, because we were just about to indulge in your incredible voice. Oh, uh, because Berg is here. We can finally listen to someone who put the... a lot of work behind this. Oh, uh-huh, okay. Yes. So the so. the hit. So a little background to the listener, right? So Vicar sang. I did a hymn. Uh, in answering to a question of what hymn Hannah can teach her children, her her daughter, uh, while they're going on a nature hike. And so you sang it. And by the way, uh, Hannah actually sent a, uh, a video of her singing it. Yeah. Um, but after you sang it, I I offered, which by the way, we haven't mailed him a t-shirt yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic Clark Lair's fashion. It might happen eventually, we promise. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, Vicar sang it, and then I, off- I asked... Uh, our listener, our songwriter, to make a song out of Vickers' uh, singing. Yeah. Yep. And to, he did. He did. So we owe it to him to listen to it. And, and we can stop this at any time, can't we, Pete? Yeah, of course. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. All right, Bert, Berg, what's your, <laughs> your first reaction? Uh, it sounded like uh, like one of those 1980s Link, uh, Legend of Zelda right. sort of um, 8-bit beauty. Yeah. Right. It's, it sounds like Daft Punk stumbled into the studio after taking an Ambien. <laughs> yeah, I would, yes. All right. All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Praise your 
Alright, Thobbit. Uh, uh, Vicar, who uh, who uh, penned this beautiful? Uh... Oh, the it's a Starkey uh, tune. Oh, well, it's a Starkey text anyway, actually. But the music, uh, the tune, is in a Jamaican adaptation by somebody named Doreen Potter. Okay, but that's not what we're listening to. <laughs> I mean, kind of we are. Well, well, here's the thing: like the person who penned this hymn is still alive, right? Yes, that's true. Okay. Rolling over in his bed, I suppose. <laughs> Does he have an email great. address? Can we send this to him? <laughs> Stephen Starkey, born in Oh, no, 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 we can't. Yeah, I think we should. We should definitely send it to Stephen Starkey. Maybe we can have him on the podcast well, and go. then play it for him. Here's okay. the thing, though. I just realized if he's the author, mm-hmm. right, He doesn't he hold the copyright is there? Yeah, I assume he does. It's what it kind of says here at the bottom of Lutheran Service Book, page 930. <laughs> if there's a fitting way for the Clerical Errors podcast to go out, it's by a copyright strike. I'm down for this. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Did you know I I was scrolling on Spotify through our podcast, and and one of our uh, our podcast episodes has the the COVID misinformation uh, tags. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I got I got uh, digress. So so he's using very um, masterfully, I will say, mm-hmm. the different harmonics in your voice. He's got. <laughs> The the angelic vicar voice, and then you notice he uh, he uh, tuned one of them down an octave to the, right. the dark side vicar voice. Yeah, that's how I can be a bass is electronically. Yes, but this does have kind of an like an eighties. Oh, it's definitely like a Mario punk chip right. tune, eight bit like a Berg said. So yeah. I, I I do suppose that uh, our our, uh, our resident uh, beat maker. Um, might you know Kanye's had some hard times. He might need to be replaced. Um, right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. Go, keep going. Keep pausing. I first of all, before we continue, I just wanted I want to dedicate uh, this song to uh, someone named Michael Moore in Springfield, Illinois, or emailer. I keep going. Oh, listen how Capper's a joy. The joy, listen to that. Yeah. A little syncopation there. Hey, Sabaki. So, uh, I think I might... I, I might be convinced to go contemporary. I like it that much. Yeah. We could teach this to the entire congregation. Uh, Is this something you could use at the school? This would really reach the kids. Yeah. I'm sure it would. (laughs) This is the new TikTok sensation. This is what people are going to be dancing to. This could be our first TikTok. Ooh. (laughs) 
Vicar, how good are you at dancing? <laughs> uh, about as good as I was at singing. <laughs> oh, goodness. We're going to seriously monetize this. <laughs> this is our cash cow. This is. Yeah, I might need a stunt double. <laughs> We're coming for you, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Keep going. Keep going. Yes. So crispy. Listen to that. It's awesome. All right, stop, stop, stop. All right, this is the this is it's the highlight. The it's, big finale. It's, it's like going and and kind of winding into the angelic voice oh, of nineteen point yeah. Here it comes. Right. We have, by the way, Peter, can you figure out a way so that uh, there could be a command that when anyone who's on either Google Nest or Alexa can say, hey, Alexa, play, and they can have this going? Is there a way to do that? Uh, I, I don't think that it's quite that easy. Okay. Uh, with, I mean, if we, we could, uploaded it to YouTube and gave it a unique name, it could be. I mean, we can try. You, you know, here's what we can do, actually. If you want to see who has, like, the Google Assistant or the Amazon Assistant, uh, what we can do is we can just tell it to do things. We're in a we're a podcast, right? Yeah. Hey, so I can just what what if you hey what, Google play the Clerical Errors podcast? Right. What if here here's the idea? What if you just release it as the song, as an own our own podcast episode? So if they say, "Hey Google, play Clerical Errors podcast," all you works of god and then gonna play uh we could we, i could see about that oh my google's talking <laughs> <laughs> i made sure mine was not after <laughs> <laughs> hey that's great because it probably just happened to a lot of people's devices right now yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> false yeah. positives <laughs> hey alexa do big fart <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to, we got we got to hear the the rest of oh, yeah. the vicar's angelic voice. By all your works of God bless the Lord. Raise your voices high praise and magnify all you works of God bless the Lord. I think I might have sounded a little better with the auto-tune. <laughs> oh, was that auto-tune? I couldn't tell. <laughs> and it, it yeah. did such amplification there's so many square waves cutting off those sine waves that's why it's just Jarring exactly what I was thinking. Square <laughs> waves. Yes. <laughs> but nevertheless, that was brilliantly done as a remix. I, I appreciate the effort. I really do. Yeah. And you know if what? you want to make a song for us, Baker, yes. where should they go? Ah, if you have such desires to make beautiful music like that, you can reach us at e- uh, from email, feedback at clericalerrors.org, and on Facebook at the, look up the Clerical Errors Podcast. And on Twitter, our handle is at Clerical Errors P. P for podcast. Yeah. At me, bro. Yeah. So uh, if if there is a listener who can either A, think they can do better than that song, 
mm-hmm. or B, think they can do worse than that song, work, send us, uh, let Peter know. He'll he'll give you the raw the raw copy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you can get the raw copy off of. Right. Like, if you can't figure that out, then maybe you shouldn't be making a song. But. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and, and if you send us if you send us audio, we'll promise to send you a T-shirt that may never come. Right. Right. But we will promise. <laughs> <laughs> we have fulfilled our promise by promising. <laughs> All right, because we and I got her Christmas gifts eventually when she finally showed up in person to get them. <clears throat> and there's still time to order some merchandise. Yeah. yeah, it might show up for Christmas. It might not. I don't know. Berg, it just looks like you're enjoying just sitting listening to us. <laughs> yeah, living the dream, man. Living you, the dream. you missed this, didn't you? It's been a while. I did. You missed it. So uh, we haven't talked about the the, the text yet. So uh, um, I thought that uh, you know while Vicar was sleeping in his study. Oh yeah. Um, we're we're uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Magnificat, mm. and uh, I think do you think we can do this, uh, Berg? Do a top twelve list of things we learned from this. Just kind of I'm verse sure. by verse. Yeah, I'm sure we can. All right. Why well, we got the the song through, right? Yeah. All right. So, uh, Vicar, what should Peter do? Peter, play the intro. Oh, oh that was. You think that was good enough, Berg? Maybe it can get I, my friend to. I think he needs to do it again. He was sleeping in the study. Cut him some slack. <laughs> he just woke up. He's got these sweater lines all over his face. <laughs> Hey, this is radio, not video. <laughs> it's a podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Audio. <laughs> we're not on the radio. <laughs> no. You promised. Victor, this whole time thought we were on the radio. I did not. People's tuning in. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to get us on the radio once, but apparently it was too much. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah we were going to do uh, an ad in Newport, Berlin, Oklahoma, or something like that. Okay. Anyways. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> <laughs> Peter. Play the intro! Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. Okay, my reading starting with... Um, just the Magnificat. Okay. We'll just, just do the Magnificat. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. All right, stop there. So, uh, Berg, you got anything that that teaches us? So, Mary... Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mother of our Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, shows that all theology should lead to doxology. Yes. Theology should lead us to uh, magnify and rejoice in God. And 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 uh, maybe we shouldn't do this at top 12. Doesn't have to be. <laughs> Absolutely doesn't have to be. All right. Yeah. We could do like 11. Let's go more open form. <laughs> Let's go more open, open form. form. All right, so... Uh, we still play the intro just because we're Yeah, so that. hey, uh, <laughs> Peter, unplay the intro. So, so why, why, hey, Vicar, why do, do you think that she says, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices rather than saying, I magnify the Lord? Well, I guess my first thought is that she's writing a song and she needed the syllables, but that's a silly answer. <laughs> Um, so like, but no, actually, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was dropping some sick rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's probably not the right answer. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I actually don't quite understand what it means to magnify the Lord because the Lord's already 
infinite. So how do you make him bigger? How do you magnify the Lord? That's probably like the engineering brain coming to the front here, but so I don't know. Another another way to translate magnify is to declare the greatness of him. Okay. To big do. ups. <laughs> Embiggins. <laughs> so so uh, I would say that uh, part of that is an expression of je- also faith that it's it comes from deeper roots. Right. Yeah. What do you think, Berg? Is there any reason why she used that than I? Yeah, as opposed to just, you know, these people draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Right. And it's Isaiah, more from like yeah. my whole being. Right. The, uh, the, yeah. and he, when you talk about my soul, it's the essence of who I am. Yeah, and this is a beautiful uh, uh, a beautiful um, example of Hebrew, Hebrew parallelism where she says the same thing, only a little different in each line, right? Right. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit is rejoiced in God, my Savior, right? It adds a little bit. It's basically saying the same thing, but it adds a little more information or kind of hits it from a little different angle, which is what you see in the Psalms a lot. Right. And and the fact that uh, she refers to, to God as Savior, too, that, that adds information. That, one, she needed a... A Savior. A Savior. Of course. Right. A rescuer, um, and the like, and that'll then get us into the next part of why is she magnifying the Lord? Why is she rejoicing? All right, next verse. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. All right, so, um, all generations calling her blessed. I mean, that's a good thing. Lutherans are are uh, sometimes nervous to talk about this when it comes to Mary, right? But I, I think when you think of uh, the places of honor in the Bible, Mary is probably at the top of the list. Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And she happens to do it as a woman in her calling as a mother. Uh, yeah. yeah. Her relationship. Can you read to... the first part again? Yeah, I can. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. All right. So it's not according to her own greatness. Now she, um, it, it's not, but uh, she calls, refers to her own humble estate. She's not a noble woman. Right. Uh, you got anything there, Berg? Right. Who's running the verbs? God is the one who uh, um, is uh, doing the actions here, right? Um, I'm trying to look up here. I, I haven't had an opportunity to... Let's see here. That's all right. Let's see. I was going to read. Have you, any of you read? I was started just to read it before, because I was thinking about it in preparation for the show, but I just ran out of time because um, uh, it's Monday. But uh, <laughs> um, Luther wrote a commentary on the Magnificat that I have not read. I haven't read it either. Yeah, it's been a while. So uh, to look upon right? To give focused attention, to give special regard. Um, that's what it means here, right? That God has looked on this, on the humiliation of this female slave. If you want to do like a very literal translation of this, right? Right. That even though she has nothing in her, um, in this state of humiliation, 
that uh, that he should regard, that he should look at. Um, nevertheless, he does, and that right. is why all. That's why all. Uh, kind of like all, in the Psalms, who am I that that God should regard me? Right. Well, and in this way, she's kind of the mirror image of her son, because right. he he who uh, was in the form of God uh, humbled himself. Right. Um, this is the lowly state, what we call the state of humiliation. And it's the same word used in Philippians too. He it, who was king of all uh, dies a slave's death. And yet it, God looks upon his sacrifice with intensity, which is why we are Makariusen, right? Why we are the happy ones. We are the blessed ones. It goes right along with when you think of uh, his humble birth, uh, when there's no room in the inn, it, the, the occasion, the place, the mother, the father, all those things play into uh, the the humble birth. And I, I suppose there is a life issue when you talk about this. You know, that humble birth today would most would tell tell Mary, well, maybe you shouldn't have a baby. Look at you're not married. Right. You're a slave. You don't have any money. Um, I mean, that goes right in, in line, but that's the kind of situation that go, God chose in this humble estate for, for his own son. And this is a very comforting thing that God chooses the weak and the despised and those things that have no value. And he looks at them. He regards them and... And this woman, who has nothing in herself, uh, is called blessed, happy, uh, by all generations. And I think this is something, as Christians, like, this is the place we want to be. Yeah, she's right? kind of like, we, like, like we the We want to be in this, you know. And that's the thing is, but we really don't want to be in that place because we want lots of Christmas presents. And we don't want to be slaves. We want to be free, Right. Like your favorite right. William Wallace deal from uh, Braveheart, right? Freedom, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to be humble. Nobody wants to be humiliated. And yet, this is where glory lies. This is where happiness lies. This is where blessedness lies. And I think that's good for us to completely change what does it mean to be blessed during Christmas? Right. And does as, it does it mean that oh we can get the whole family together and have Christmas dinner and you know that's what people talk about when they talk about being blessed but that's not what God means and we'll see this later on uh, well we saw it just you know a few months ago now with um, uh, with the uh, All Saints Day right mm-hmm. blessed are the poor mm-hmm. who wants to be poor blessed are those who mourn who are weeping oh. Well, that doesn't seem very blessed. Blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And so God here, starting with Mary, uh, begins to change our perception of what does it actually mean to be blessed. It means not having anything of your own, not clinging to any of your own righteousness, but clinging uh, to him uh, who justifies the sinner. I've said this many times uh, this time of year the last 25 years, the last 25 Christmases, is I always have to remind someone 
that, uh, you know, this year you'll actually understand Christmas better than you ever have. I, I might say that to someone in the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. who, who would want to spend Christmas in the hospital? Mm-hmm. Or someone who's facing death. Or someone who's, who suffers great loss of a loved one or something like that. Now, this may not how you want to celebrate and understand Christmas, but this is the clearest expression. This is uh, how you understand what really is going on, that God understands and sees your lowly estate and he has not forgotten you and how much you need to save God to save you from your situation. You ready for the next verse? For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. All right, stop there. Continuing of, uh, she's just a vessel, right? <laughs> she's just, God's doing everything. Uh, well, I kind of like this slinky approach to uh, to learning, right? Because we kind of keep going around in circles, but we get a little more information every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something for us to, I, in a way, I think this Hebraic, Poetry is just wonderful that way. Yeah, there's a there's a, a a rhythm to it, a cycle, and it 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 takes a point and it just goes delves deeper and deeper to what it means. Wait, right, and I mean that's the thing. Okay, God has regarded me. Well, what does that mean that He's regarded me? Right? Is He staring at me like uh, some weirdo stares at bugs that are pinned to the wall? Is that what it means? No. The mighty one has done great things to me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Great things? Did he uh, give me a leprechaun that I can have lots of money? Right. Right. Especially when or, you, when you th- especially when you think of like, yes, God has done great things to her. But who would want to at this point still, actually, at any point, trade lives with her? <laughs> yeah. And now in the next part, we're gonna get. What are those mighty works, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so we figured out what does it mean to be regarded? It means God has done mighty things to me. Okay, well, what does that look like? Is it like your favorite uh, Sunday school hymn, uh, Our God is an awesome God, and boy, he kicked him out of Eden, and he he drowned all them people in the flood, and, you know, I might just start selling uh, uh, flood bath toys just so people can, you know, and, and even if you think of Mary's life or, and how when she's men, mentioned elsewhere in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. The, really, the only time she has like joy and wonderment is this at his birth and uh, maybe the presentation in the temple. Or mm-hmm. even there, what is, what is Mary told? A sword shall pierce your soul also. And so the rest of it is like, okay, when... He was a boy. She lost him in Jerusalem. Yeah. Or right. Jesus saying, "Who who is my, who are is my mother, my brothers?" Or well, um, and they think they think he's crazy, or she's worried about running out of wine at this you know wedding at Cana, right? Or looking at him as he lay as he is hanging, broken and bleeding on the cross. The only joy we really see her having is. This yeah. during her pregnancy, right? But then you know this is or the fleeing thing too. too. Fleeing, we actually to we actually yeah, have fleeing. to. Uh, this is why we have to redefine what joy is, right? 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like last Sunday. Last Sunday was uh, Gaudete, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And what was our gospel lesson? John in prison. John is in prison. There you go. And we're not sure exactly what he's thinking when he asked the question, right? Whether he did mm-hmm. it for himself or for his followers. And yet um, there's a reason why we read this, why we hear this. Yeah, my, my, right. ser- my sermon, uh, Berg, was uh, for that is is how John, he knew who Christ was. He needed to hear it. Yeah. And how arrogant we are when we, and you know, Christians are when they don't think, oh, I know it. I don't need to hear it. Well, are you greater than John? <laughs> yeah, the more than a prophet. Right. Not a it, not a man among women is, you know, born of woman is greater than John. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know. This is this is the thing too is you know he just didn't have enough respect for the government, <laughs> right? Well, right. I I, I kind of mentioned in it that uh, perhaps you might feel like you don't need to hear it because we live our nice lukewarm comfortable lives as Christians without getting anybody upset. Well, <laughs> and when when do people get the most mad? I mean, what caused John's death? It's speaking it was, God's it word. Was, yeah, about sin. Oh, no, yeah. in particular, Philip, I think, took his brother's wife or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Herod, t- Herod took Herodias. Right? It's all about marriage, right? It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife, right? And think right. of how many pastors have gotten crucified and beheaded for doing exactly the same thing. It's not mm-hmm. lawful for you guys to live together apart from marriage. It's not lawful for a man to be with a man. It's not lawful uh, to get divorced. Right? Right. And uh, that's the thing. Because uh, um, Jesus did not undo what God had said in Eden. Right. We just looked at that. Right. We just looked at yeah. that, that in Bible Bible study, how Jesus reaffirms what God said even before the fall of marriage and how he created man and woman. Yep. All right. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So I, right. I would, I would yeah, say the generation generation is, is uh, I think, going back to the understanding in the Old Testament of speaking very generations, right? Meaning, these are the generations. This is a mm-hmm. continuation, and uh, and how God we we get some time bound, but God sees things differently. Bert, what were you gonna say? Uh, well, what are those mighty works? Right? What are those wonderful works that God has done? Uh, they're precisely in having mercy, right? That right. is that's ex- that's the mighty work of God. That is the work that outshines the Exodus. That's the work that outshines all of the miracles of the Old Testament. In that God has mercy, He has compassion on His people, and this mercy is from generation to generation, which means that God doesn't change His mind. This is the gospel promise that God is faithful even when we are faithless. And one um, thing, to, it, oh, oh, go ahead. One one thing to note about this too is the fact that when you you look at Mary, certainly she was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same mm-hmm. time, uh, you would have to say that all of this knowledge and understanding was reaffirmed by the Holy Spirit, meaning she understood a lot of these things even before this happened. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't just like, 
she was uh it just came out of nowhere and then she understood all these things and she was she was you know when she says uh you know I am your servant that came from a life of faith I think that came before that it wasn't mm-hmm. just that right Does that makes sense I think she says let it be done to me according to thy word or yeah. something similar when the when she receives the word of God she accepts it yeah all right, go, Vicar. Or did you have something to say about that? Um, and then from the generation to generations, um, this is partic- This is then explained in the epexegetical phrase to those fearing him, right? Mm-hmm. And so once again, it's a it is a uh, a witness that the church will endure forever uh, because the word of God uh, and His mercy will be preached forever, and people will fear His name. And this is a Hebraism. Uh, it's a way of talking about faith. It's not. Simply, it's not how we talk in the catechism of fearing and loving God. Um, right. This is this is the filial fear that we learn in catechism class, not the servile fear. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. So as, as he, Berg said earlier, he's taking this circular way down, uh, in talking about the power of God in the midst of this, how the power of this world is actually quite weak when compared to the power that God shows in this simple way. Much like um, when uh, the those who have the armies and the power and control the information we get, they think, um, and we say, well, we just have this word, and we have this sacrament, and that is true power that is more powerful than any of those things. Just like, what's a power here? A mother who is expecting a child. Well, and who is his arm? Christ. Yeah. Right, exactly. Going back to, uh, I think it's Psalm 95, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Psalm 95? Um, Sing to the Lord a new song, uh, for he has done marvelous things. His own right arm has gained him salvation. Uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, Psalm 98. Um, oh, sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his only arm have gained him the victory. Right. So once again, this is not, uh, power, right? The strength here is not some sort of, uh, you know, divine nuking, (laughs) right? Because how, how are the proud scattered? In the, in the imagination of, of yeah, in yeah, the imagination yeah. of their hearts, right? This is this is not an external strength. This is internal, and what changes people internally? God's Preaching, word. right? Yeah. I mean, that is that is how you get from the outside to the inside, right? Mm-hmm. And this is why uh, later on in this gospel, um, he will say that you know that this child will be destined for the for the rising and falling of many in Israel, right? Mm-hmm. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. A continuation, almost a. Would you say this is a parallelism of the previous? Yeah, it gets a lot more um, concrete, and it has something that the other doesn't have, because it's not just scattering the proud in the imagination of their hearts, but there's this role reversal. Hmm. And the role reversal, of course, is is that uh, the mighty uh, have no power in this kingdom of grace. 
the ones who will be exalted are are the humble, the lowly, the humiliated. It's the same word that was used of uh, the lowly estate of his handmaiden, right? This humiliation. Right. You're the threats of the powerful are no longer threats. Yeah, and in the kingdom of God, the all of, the thrones count for nothing. Right. They take their crowns and they cast them at his feet. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you get cast into hell. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. So, so uh, I think uh, he is playing off the mighty and equating that with, with the rich. Now, right. I right. now is he? He's not. She's not necessarily saying that there's inherent evil of the rich, is he, Berg? No, just like he's not saying that those who go hungry are inherently good. Um, who who feeds whom? God feeds the hungry. God, um, and that's the thing. If, if you don't seek your food, if you don't seek good things in God, but in your own wealth, you will be sent away uh, empty. Right. And just, if, like, you know, just like the Beatitudes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Exactly. That, um and that's where I actually like what Luke does in the uh, Sermon on the Plain, where not only does he have uh, Beatitudes, but he also has woes, right? right. Woe, woe to you who are rich, for uh, you have gotten your consolation here, right? Hmm. And this is talking about people who who trust in, uh, it might be money, it might be uh, skills, it might be family, it might be whatever. Um, but you can be rich without... Uh, having a lot of money. This is an attitude, right? Mm. Right. Right, because so- sometimes the poor are more obsessed with money because they don't have it. <laughs> it's true. So in this case, it's like the rich are the people who think they don't need anything. Specifically, they don't need anything right. from God. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, as opposed to Lazarus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Well, this, this, is, uh, this is powerful because it shows that uh, the understanding that uh, this was a promise that God was fulfilling. He remembered what he had said, and he had not forgotten. He is fulfilling God's word. As you recently preached about the promises of God and his word. They always come true. He always fulfills them. Right. Well, in that word, to help, um, it's a beautiful word. It means to take as one is and to receive them and embrace them. Mm-hmm. This antelabano, right? It means to uh, take to yourself, to help, to succor. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful word that, unfortunately, help doesn't really have a lot of, right? you know, yeah. color to it especially especially when you think of israel what what has israel been israel been up to this point in the bible <laughs> someone yeah. who definitely not a servant huh. <laughs> well and this this word um uh that's used for servant here it can also mean child a child under training strict oversight emphasizing their ongoing development necessary to reach their highest eternal destiny, right? Mm-hmm. And doesn't that just fit better? That here, even though this, the daughter of Zion has become 
a spiritual whore and run after other gods, even though uh, the son, as we hear about in Hosea, right? Out of Egypt, I have called my son. Well, what did that son do? Went and ran after other gods, abandoned his father, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, what does God do? He still takes this son to himself because he remembers his mercy. Because that's that son and that child. Ultimately, when you talk about Israel in the Old Testament, everything that's, that happens, Jesus is in the middle of it. Right. You yeah, know? they are a cradle for the Messiah. Right. And right now, uh, this is why we pray for the Jews uh, every Good Friday, right? That they might be converted. Uh, not that their bloodline gives them a special uh, place in God's plan anymore. Um, what did you do uh, when all of your kids grew up, Bullhagen? Did you keep their uh, their cradles? No. Well, <laughs> no. If, you, if, we, if I go through the basement, I'll find a lot of stuff that we don't need. Peter shaking his head. <laughs> right? I mean, you get you get rid of it because they grow out of it, right? I, I still have yeah. a box in, in the basement of, of Peter's cans of food. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, right? And this is the problem with the Jews is they are the older brother. Like in the, uh, in the parable of the uh, um, prodigal son, right? Mm-hmm. They're mad and they stand outside the door, the majority of them. And it's mm-hmm. really sad. And we want them to come and feast with us. Did I ever tell you, Berg, when I was in college, I wrote a paper where I it was an, for an English writing composition class, and I we were supposed to interview someone, so I interviewed a rabbi. Yeah. And I got docked a whole letter grade for my paper because of the title of my paper. <laughs> I got to hear it. What was it? Life in the Jewish Lane. <laughs> I think that was pretty cool. I think that was a good title. You think that was a good title? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, since uh, uh, January 1st, the circumcision and naming of Jesus is uh, on a Sunday this year. You know what you probably shouldn't have for the chief hymn of the day? Um, I don't know. No. Oh, sacred head now wounded. <laughs> I mean, we almost have to now. <laughs> Just to see if anybody notices. Please, please do. That would be awesome. I don't know if we'd be able to like sing along with a straight face though. We're kind of up front. <laughs> oh goodness. You're running a little low on time. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're also right. running a little well, low on scripture, so that's gonna yeah. work. <laughs> I'm gonna back up a bit because it won't make sense to read the last line by itself. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. So you have offspring. That's a loaded word throughout the Old Testament, right? A lot of times when you hear the word seed or offspring in the Old Testament, it's a reference to... It's a reference to Christ, the Messiah. Right? And so as he he brings that out, he then, or she, we keep on calling Mary, he... Well, you might, maybe you meant Luke. There you go. <laughs> um, Mary uh, talks about that continuing on for an eternal aspect as well. Berg, you got something for that? Yeah, that uh, the Old Testament saints are our fathers. That we right. are their children by faith. Um, right. And I think that's a very good thing for us to remember, that 
uh, just as we love genealogical stuff, um, we have the best genealogy uh, and the best history book uh, in the world. We can actually go read about our fathers. Hmm. And we should. Um, their faith is the same faith that we have. And it comes by the word, right? As he spoke mm -hmm. to our fathers. Right. I've been teaching my confirmation students that very concept that uh, we are uh, children of Abraham because we share the same faith that he had. Right. As Good. opposed to, as you've been teaching in your revelation class about... I was teaching about dispensationalism and their base, most basic assumption that there are two separate people of God. Their entire yep. system of eschatology comes out of that assumption that there's Israel and the church, two people of God with two different programs, essentially. Um, and so they, they kind of have denied that we are all children of Abraham by faith, by making that assumption to get started in their in interpretive framework. Right. Which I yeah, don't know I how... Mean, it, it's amazing that, that blood means so much to people who say that they believe what the Bible says, because look at time and time again, uh, how little blood counts. Right. I... <laughs> yeah. Right, like Ruth, right? Ruth in the Bible was, was not an Israelite. Ruth, Rahab. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, um, and why does God preserve them? It's never for the sake of blood. It's always for the sake of, like, David or Abraham, right? Or mm -hmm. for his promise. Um. So it just, that just weakens the gospel and enervates the gospel. It steals uh, the great hope that we have, and it makes two ways to heaven. Right. The Jews are not saved by the law. They're not. They can't be. No. Well, uh, we've gone from a great song to the greatest song, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> this was a very <laughs> musical episode. <laughs> Fit for the radio. <clears throat> Well, thank you, Berg. Great to have you. Yeah, it's been awesome. And uh, maybe uh, we we can we're you know we're coming up on our two hundredth episode. And if, how how far away is that? Sometime in January. End of January. So yeah, we have some things planned. We'll talk about it off air. I don't want to get people excited, but <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah, don't get don't get excited right. as, yeah. as the audience because you know us. And right. because you know us, you know that there's like an 80% chance we just do nothing and have a normal As episode. As you listen on your AM <laughs> dial. <laughs> we'll be celebrating our 202nd episode because we forget. <laughs> yeah, something like that. What, what, what Was it our 100th episode that we did the surround sound episode? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think that worked very well. I remember that I was there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> remember I tried I to make a I just remember like mutilating that poor uh, mannequin. To try and make it work. Oh, gosh. I forgot about the baby. Yeah, I tried to make a 3D <laughs> microphone out of a baby head mask. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it was pretty horrifying. <laughs> Anyways, we should wrap up. All right. Well, uh, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. This is Vicar. And may your... May your songs be Magnificat. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. 
Thanks for listening to Claire Glares. See you next time.